No expense spared. Happy to report. Uh, yeah, it is a Monday night. You know what that means. We've got the sports book for you. Here on 760 WJR, uh, I am Steve Courtney. I am in the very posh uh, Fisher Building Studios. My partner, Jamie Edmonds, is not. Jamie, what's happening? <laughs> I am in the posh confines of my parents' house in Pittsburgh. Beautiful. Uh, everybody getting ready for uh, Miss Olivia's very first Christmas. How about that? Oh, yes. Everyone is very, very excited. It's like the rest of us don't exist. It's all about her this year. <laughs> Get used to it because it only gets worse. <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh, it's going to be something special. Uh, now, here's the deal. Uh, we'll have plenty of Lions conversation coming up uh, because they're up to some pretty special things, by golly. Uh, meanwhile, we'll kick things off as we usually do, thanking our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for their support of this here radio show. Interesting uh, NHL tilt going on in our nation's capital tonight. Your Detroit Red Wings taking on Alex Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. Uh, It is kind of special because, as it turns out, uh, Mr. Ovechkin, who's had one hell of an NHL career, is on the verge of something special. It was last Tuesday night, James, against the Chicago Blackhawks. He registered a hat trick. He now has 800 goals. He is just one away from tying the legend, number nine, number nine, Gordie Howe for second all-time in the NHL scoring list. I know the Red Wings really wouldn't like him to do it tonight. Well, it's kind of crazy how sports works out, though, from time to time, you know? Uh, Here you have the Red Wings in town. Uh, He can tie the legendary Gordie Howe. And look, Alex Ovechkin right now is 37 years old and shows no signs of slowing down. Uh, This year, he's got 20 goals to go along with 15 assists, simple arithmetic, 35 points. So uh, we'll see. We'll keep you updated. I mean, depending on how long he plays, he's trying to catch Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Gretzky, uh, he is el numero uno, obviously. He's got 894. Uh, I don't, he make a valid point. Don't know how much gas is left in the tank for Ovechkin, but uh, it's certainly not out of the question. Not at all. No, I mean, if he plays for several more years, why not? If he gets to Brady time? Yeah, right. All right. Uh, As I say, we will uh, keep you posted. By the way, the uh, Red Wings could use something good uh, coming off the 6-3 loss to Ottawa at LCA uh, Saturday night. Uh, They have lost five in a row, eight of their last ten. All right, now. Uh, on to uh, some positive things, that being the performance of your Detroit Lions. They take care of business. 2017 winners in East Rutherford, New Jersey yesterday over the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Lions, lo and behold, have won six of their last seven. James? Yeah. I mean, they're winning games that last year they definitely would not have won. I feel like they're ahead of schedule on this rebuild. Well, here's the deal. Uh, in the illustrious history of the National Football League, only one, only one team has made it to the postseason after starting one and six. That, the 1970 Cincinnati Bengals. So now the Lions still need this, that, and the other thing to uh, get into the postseason. But again, I just want to go on record as to how damn impressive it has been for this team to start one and six and be a 7-7 seven and seven football team right now. Hey, it's just awesome. 
I'm, like I said last week, happy for Lions fans. Something to cheer about. Not only meaningful football in December, but football that could get them to the playoffs. That is so great. One and six to six and one. I, I just think it's so fun for the city. You know, James, I was thinking about that uh, after the victory um, yesterday because this great radio station, WJR, we had the Lions for five years. Uh, the first two under Jim Caldwell uh, saw some playoff activity. And then the very, very, very dark cloud rolled in in the form of Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. And uh, it was agonizing at times. Um, and I started to think about, you know, Lions fans, greatest fans in the National Football League, uh, punched in the gut left and right, uh, but you show up year in and year out, hoping, hoping that this is going to be the year that something good happens. Well, something good is happening. And, uh, you know, isn't it nice to be out and about doing whatever you're doing on a Saturday night and actually look forward to the Lions game the next day? It's un- unheard of in recent times. Yeah, and what I what I also think is fun is, you know, all over social media, there are grandparents and people who have been Lions fans forever enjoying this run. What a Christmas present. Yeah, it's uh, tis the season for sure. Uh, meanwhile, when you go back to yesterday's tilt, uh, Lions get on the board in fine fashion. So that starts things uh, in a very fine way on the road, kind of take that crazy Jets crowd out momentarily, and then you're just kind of sitting back waiting, Jamie, uh, for this uh, vaunted Lions offense to do what they have been doing, but it was tough sledding. Yeah, I mean – this is the mark of, dare I say it, a playoff team. When something isn't working, that offense wasn't clicking, they weren't getting anything on the ground or through the air, so then special teams comes through. Your defense comes through. That defense stopped the Jets' rushing attack. Would they have 50 yards as a team? Yeah, but the only uh, cause for concern, and you know, I, I don't want to be a wet blanket here, uh, but for Zach Wilson to uh, put up the numbers he did, um, completing some balls that had their trajectory of punts for crying out loud. The, the secondary just struggled, I think, all, all day. Yeah, those were desperation passes. I mean, how many of those was he flushed out of the pocket and just sort of threw it up? It is concerning that he completed some of those. Well, it, conversely, Lions with four sacks uh, during the afternoon. But, I mean, for crying out loud, uh, for Zach Wilson to step in, throw for 317 yards, two TDs, he did throw the pick. Um, it was rather astonishing, and I was uh, a little bit concerned. And also, uh, we've been talking here on the program, partner, about how clean the Lions have been playing uh, during this winning streak. Um, six penalties, 52 yards yesterday, but there was a couple of biggies. In the uh, second quarter, uh, right guard Evan Brown uh, got called for a hold that negated uh, Jamal Williams' touchdown scamper. Can't have that. No, I talked about this on Sports Final Edition. I think the offensive line had five holding calls and some of them very, you know, at the wrong moment. So you got to clean some of that stuff up. I think Dan Campbell said that. But finding ways to win as this season continues is the mark of a good team. Well, and I think the adage has always been good teams find a way to win. So right. based on what you're saying right now, I think the Lions are a good football team. Now, there was reason for concern. Uh, Michael Badgley comes on, and Dan Campbell opts to go with the 54-yard field goal. I was against it at the time, but far be it 
from me to second guess anybody. I didn't think it was a very good idea uh, based on what was going on in this ball game. Sure enough, uh, he misses, and Zach Wilson and the Jets offense, they take over uh, at their 44. Too good a field position with everything on the line, and wouldn't you know it, he uh, hits the one-yard touchdown pass to C.G. Uzoma, and uh, next thing you know, the Jets are on top, and you're thinking, all right, this is the part of the story that we've read before. Yeah, no, I thought that was definitely same old Lions. This is it. This is the end of the fun times. But then they came right back. And we were waiting, and we were waiting for the uh, Lions to do something offensively, and by golly, they did. So you're coming you're you're coming out of the two minute warning and you're looking at fourth and one. Now Ben Johnson been getting a lot of love for all the right reasons. I know. He may not be here next year. That's a concern. I, I yeah, who knows? Um but to dial that up, I mean that took some stones. Uh and at that particular point, uh it's gonna be one of those deals if it worked, which it did. Uh, we're talking about it in glowing fashion because it was a hell of a call. Well, I it's reminiscent of the week before when he ran Panay Sewell <laughs> as an eligible receiver. <clears throat> I just think he's so creative and it's working with the threats that he has. Well, what I found to be very interesting is you'll remember in that possession, I think it was the first play of the series, uh, Brock Wright, dropped a ball, which was very catchable. And then to dial him back up in a situation like that, good for the kid. Yeah, absolutely. And they ran Amon Ross St. Brown to the other side to bring some of the defenders with him. It was brilliant. And afterwards, uh, Brock Wright uh, had some really fun things to say. Now, mathematically, Jamie, uh, depending on what you're looking at, uh, the Lions have a 28% chance to make the uh, postseason or a 40% chance. Uh, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Uh, meanwhile, up next, we know it'll be a Christmas Eve tilt, 1 o'clock uh, this Saturday afternoon in Carolina against the 5-9 and nine Panthers. They, as you well know, coming off the 24-16 home loss to your Steelers. Yes, I was listening to that on Sports Talk Radio as I was driving up my parents' driveway. Um, the Carolina Panthers are beatable. They make mistakes. And these opportunistic Lions are right there. I, I, I think they win out. Well, there's no reason they shouldn't. Um, you know, but it's easy for us to say, you know, you've got know. the Panthers, uh, you've got the Bears, and uh, you'll shut things down at Lambeau against the Packers, who are playing Monday Night Football tonight. They are hosting the gutted, the gutted, Los Angeles Rams. So by the time uh, the Lions and Pack get together to shut down this regular season, it may mean absolutely nothing to the Pack. But let the records indicate, right now, they are still alive. As a matter of fact, uh, you've got the Giants, Commanders, Seahawks, Lions, and Packers all battling for the final two postseason spots in the NFC. The way it works is the Lions need to finish in the top two of the group I just mentioned to be in. So the formula for Dan Campbell and the Lions is rather simple. Just win. Take care of the football and win. So we'll see. Just looking forward to it. Can't wait for that uh, Panthers tilt already. Uh, One last thing. Taylor yeah. Decker 
has been so vocal about this being a different year. It's not the same old Lions. He tweeted out that he had more than 100 direct messages from Lions fans. And it just, he said, quote, it confirmed what I already knew, that our fans are awesome. And he's just so excited. People are, there's this outpouring for the Lions and it's just so fun. I hope they keep it going. Yeah, well, you know, guys like Taylor and, you know, even Frank Ragnow, who's a regular visitor here on WJR, he's in his fifth year. You know, they've seen some ugly, ugly times. And again, I don't care what sport you're talking about. If you're a professional athlete and I know what you're saying, hey, you're getting paid a lot of money, yada, 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 yada. But losing is not fun. And the Lions have done their share. So Taylor Decker has also been very adamant that, you know, there there's a lot of bandwagon people. You know, yeah. where were you when times were horrible? Which, you know, it's tough. I've always said when the Lions are playing poorly in our profession, you point that out. When they're playing well, you go out of your way to Give point that out. credit where credit's due, yeah. It's not rocket science. Uh, some crazy things in the National Football League yesterday. We'll talk about that as we continue with the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Happy holidays, everybody. Pleasure to be with you here on the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Jamie, uh, I absolutely love Saturday NFL football this time of year. I think it's fun, too. It's just the greatest. Uh, We were treated to some decent games this past Saturday, kicking things off. The Vikings playing host to the Colts. And uh, I had to keep double-checking the score. 33-0 Colts at the half. Yeah, so you think it's in the bag for the Colts. No problem. I did think, you know, the Vikings would uh, would make a game of it. I did say that to myself. Self, the Purple <laughs> People Eaters are going to make a game of this. I had no idea what we were in for. Uh, long story short, the Vikings take care of the largest comeback in National Football League history, beating the Colts 39-36 in overtime. The uh, Jeff Saturday experiment isn't working. No, no. Things did not go well there <laughs> at all. But all season long, the Vikings have been scrappy, so I didn't think they'd come back 33 nothing. but it's kind of on par for them. Uh, another interesting deal uh, going down in Vegas. Would you read it? taking care of the Patriots in uh, crazy, crazy fashion. I'll say unbelievable. You know, with everything on the line, the Patriots fighting for their postseason lives. All you have to do is just fall and you're going to overtime. What in the world was that? Was that a designed lateral play? I can't imagine. I cannot. Or someone went rogue. Some Myers said that. That was all him. Like, no one told him to do that. It was not planned at all. I hope he has a nice career at FedEx. (laughs) Is he still on the roster today? He's probably their best receiver. That's the the saddest part. Yeah, but that that kind of stuff just doesn't go over with Bill Belichick. No. No. He must have. I'm surprised he just didn't implode right there on the sideline watching that. Just burst into flame. Real quick, because I wanted to look this up while you guys were talking about it. During that Vikings game, if you would have live bet them, there was books that got up to plus 3,000. So if you would have bet $100, you would have won three grand. Wow. When they were down 33 nothing. But who would have done that? 
I'll bet I you should've. somebody did. I'll bet you somebody oh, did. There's definitely people that did. You know, the, to risk a hundred to win three grand, and it's the Colts for crying out loud. <laughs> well, then someone's very rich somewhere. Hopefully, someone at Soaring Eagle. Unbelievable. Uh, what else went down? Oh, the Chiefs. They had their work cut out with the uh, now one in twelve Texans, didn't they? Yeah. Little overtime one score action. Game. You think that's going to be a blowout? That's why the NFL is so great. Any given week, any given team can win. Yeah, just ask the Cowboys. Um, they go into Jacksonville and uh, fall hard again in overtime, 40-34. to 34. This Jaguars team, I've said it before, I've always been a fan of Doug Peterson. I think he did some great things in Philadelphia, and I think he was certainly a victim of what, he do- what have you done for me lately. And uh, they lost interest in him. And I think he legitimizes uh, what has been a brutal franchise in the Jags. There have been some serious down years there. But, again, any team could win. And this was like a classic trap game for Dallas. And it's what happened. People were talking about it. Tony Romo called it. And Trevor Lawrence is, like, really starting to come into his own. Yeah, he really is. Uh, No doubt about that. A little update to uh, share with you. Again, your Detroit Red Wings in our nation's capital, tangling with Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. Uh, Red Wings are up one nothing. Uh, Mr. Perrault lighting the lamp for the winged wheelers. Again, uh, of special interest, uh, Alex Ovechkin, uh, last Tuesday night, uh, got a hat trick. As a matter of fact, it was the 29th hat trick of his illustrious career. Also along the way, He registered his 800th National Hockey League goal. Uh, He is one away now from tying Gordie Howe for second place on the NHL's all-time goal list. Unbelievable. Well, so do you want it to happen so you can always remember it against the Red Wings or not? The Wings have come out and said they do not. I I, I would prefer not to uh, because of the high regard, obviously, of uh, one of my childhood heroes, the uh, great Gordon Howe. Um, but, uh, you know, Ovechkin, uh, he's, he, he's been a top shelf player and, uh, you know, I think he's uh, been a top shelf dude and, and wish him, uh, all the best. But I, I, I think the, the crazy point is the one you made at the onset that, you know, he's 37, um, maybe two, maybe three years, maybe he plays till he's 40. Apparently he keeps himself in pretty decent shape. Uh, Gretzky with 894, 94 goals. So you figure 30, he'd have to. Th- three, four more years? Uh, with three years, he's going to be averaging 30 plus a, uh, a year. He's already at 20. Uh, I'm reading that the Howe family is on board, that two of Howe's children, Mark and Marty, will be in attendance. Hopefully, oh, see if that can do it. Those Howe's, they're just class acts. Good people. Uh, yeah, Red Wings up one nothing, six twelve left in the first period. As I mentioned, and it bears repeating, uh, Red Wings coming off the six three loss to Ottawa at LCA on Saturday night. They have lost five straight, uh, eight of their last ten. Uh, Coach Lalonde obviously not happy with those proceedings, but plenty of hockey to go. Uh, while we're at it, just uh, various and sundry because we're gonna have some hot stove league conversation coming up with the great Lynn Henning. Talking some Tigers baseball in the moments ahead. Uh, Pistons, what are they up to? Well, uh, they're coming (laughs) off the uh, 
124-121 loss to Brooklyn at LCA last night. Uh, they have lost two straight, but they have fallen nine of the last 12. They will host Utah 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Utah 17-15, and 15, eighth seed right now in the Western Conference. College hoops. You'll hear it here on WJR. Your Michigan State Spartans, seven and four overall. They'll host uh, Greg Campy and the Golden Grizzlies of Oakland U. Six thirty. That'll be uh, Wednesday night at the beautiful Breslin Center. The Spartans, a little bit of a break. They've had finals and whatnot. Uh, they have not played since disposing of the Brown Bears, sixty-eight fifty at the Breslin Center on December tenth. So uh, it's a great tip time. Sure I like is. It. I like that. I think it's funny to hear you say it, but they have finals. You forget their students, too. Yeah, we had a uh, nice chat with uh, Magnum T.I. this morning here on WJR, and he said uh, a lot of people forget that, you know, these uh, athletes are also students and they've got academic responsibilities. So uh, I think the last one was taken today, Tom said. So uh, now they can get their uh, minds set on some hoops. Uh, again, coming up Wednesday night, we'll have it for you right here. Uh, the Michigan Basketball Wolverines, 7-3 and three overall. Uh, they've got North Carolina. Things have gone south uh, for the Terrapins, the uh, Tar Heels, rather. They're 8-4, and four, uh, taking part in the Jumpman Invitational. I've never heard of it. Uh, 7 o'clock in Charlotte on Wednesday night. So there you go. Y'all in on the Jumpman Invitational? It's because they're both Jordan schools, Steve. Is that right? Yes. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I got your back. You know, if uh, y- if you're a non-Jordan school, then you just don't get the invite. That's correct. No, you're not invited. That's correct. Thus, the Jumpman Invitational. Exactly. It's all falling. Michigan in place. and North Carolina were the first two Jordan brand schools. It's uh, worked out very well for him. I'm it? I'm happy I could teach you something today. Well, I woke up this morning saying, God, I hope Blake teaches me something today. And look how that panned out. Uh, All right, stick around. That hot stove conversation with the one, the only, Lynn Henning, coming up in just moments here as we continue with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Yeah, apparently uh, there's some weather heading our way, uh, taking you up to Christmas. I'm hearing three to five, maybe a little bit more. Uh, Thursday into Friday. Uh, we'll see. But all the more reason to get a little hot stove conversation going because in a couple of months, the Old English Deers will be making their way to Lakeland FLA for uh, spring training 2023. Uh, let's talk about the Tigers, shall we? No better person to do that with than the one, the only, the living legend, Lynn Henning. Uh, <laughs> how are you, my friend? Great, Steve. Yeah, that he's still living is is legendary, I suppose, uh, at this juncture in life. But uh, thank you for the nice compliment, and good to talk with you and Jamie tonight. Always a pleasure, Lynn. Uh, Let's talk with this. Obviously, uh, this past season, uh, kind of a downer for the uh, Detroit Tigers, 66-96, and fourth in the Central. Lynn, nobody knows better than you. Going into the season, there were expectations. And uh, A.J. Hinch himself saying, look, uh, hoping to win the division, get into the postseason. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, right off the get-go, not making excuses, but facts are facts. This team, more so than any Tiger, any major league team I can recently recall, Lynn, uh, went through injury after injury. Just take a look at that starting rotation. 
Yeah. It, it was absolutely uh, a compilation, I think, Steve, of about a decade's worth of misery in one season. And you just don't see years that are, are quite as cruel and sadistic is what the uh, the Lions. I've got them on my mind. I love <laughs> talking about that. I understand. Team. Yeah, you know, but uh, the the Tigers, though, Steve, did just have everything that you could have go wrong, avalanche on them. And yet what it did, though, was still kind of lay bare how deficient they were in roster management. And um, that's what ultimately cost Al Avila's job and brought on 35-year-old uh, Scott Harris, who just got married Saturday. Um, this is uh, a, a very sharp cookie, and that's why Chris Illich hired him. And I can tell you, Steve and Jamie, everything he has done in the first 10 weeks of his tenure has reinforced the idea he not only has a plan, he has a strategy that is part of that particular tactical approach in building a Tigers team. I really like what he's doing. The moves are subtle, but they're going to end up being significant here as time goes on. Let's uh, talk about you know where the uh, Tigers are uh, at that pitching position there, Lynn, if we can. Uh, obviously, you lose a guy like Casey Mize to uh, Tommy John. Uh, nobody saw that one coming. Uh, as you uh, look into your crystal ball and uh, prognosticate who is going to be around. And I know that uh, Mr. Harris is not done uh, making moves, but the likes of Tarek Skubal, Eduardo Rodriguez, yeah. who had a very interesting situation, Matt Manning, uh, guys like this. Now, to be honest with you, I think maybe the Hill is uh, going to be a positive going into the new season. Do you agree with that? Yeah, a couple of things on that front, Stephen. I think you nailed it. The one thing that got pretty much overlooked last season was how strong their pitching really was, even with a guy heading you know, to the hospital every single week. They still were able to stay buoyant with their pitching. That, to me, was astonishing because their pitching ended up really being kind of middle of the pack, even with all those guys gone. And so it tells you a couple of things. Al Avila did build some depth into that program uh, with arms. And without that depth, Steve and Jamie, this thing would have been an absolute antietam last summer. It would have just been a, a massacre every single game. Instead, they largely stayed in games because they had enough arms. Now, the good news, and that's the second point of this, this year as they begin to get people healthy like Scooble and, and Manning will be back, et cetera, Alex Fiedo, you can go right down the list. Guess what Scott Harris is going to have in July? Trade pieces. And not only because he's going to have a surplus of arms, assuming just regular health, but also because the Tigers are building, believe it or not, a surplus of good hitting infielders. And when have we heard that over the last 40 years? Not once. Those two elements are going to really help a new GM uh, begin to retool this roster. And uh, that is right now something I don't think many people are probably able to really comprehend because they're going to have to see it through the spring and early summer to believe it. It's going to happen, guys. 
Lynn, I tried to ask you a question on mute, so my first question was... <laughs> oh, that explains it, Jamie. I, yep, I, I uh -huh. my I first was, question... I thought I was... Go ahead, Jamie, please. Oh, as a joke, were you invited to the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even invited to discuss any personnel moves with Scott Harris at this point. It's too early. <laughs> okay, <laughs> He's okay. decided to operate a little bit privately. I uh, hear with, uh, with with his early months in this this job, and I understand he wants to get settled. He wants to know the terrain. He wants to know the people, and so he's not saying much except at press conferences uh, on occasion where a personnel move is made. But really, Jamie, um, I, I'm I'm finding that this is a, a point in communications with the Tigers where you're dancing absolutely on eggshells. No one wants to get crossways with the new boss. And so people that were inclined to talk with you at length before uh, on the record, off the record about aspects of the team are now pretty much heading to the storm cellar. They want this thing to shake out before they're going to feel comfortable talking in great detail. That's a little bit of inside baseball uh, that, that I can share here tonight. But I think then that what that leaves you, Jamie and Steve, is to look at the surface aspects of what Scott Harris is doing. And again, he's got one thing that really was absolutely, to me, a locomotive at that introductory press conference. He said, I'm going to emphasize the strike zone. Well, hey, that's pretty basic, right? You wouldn't expect the guy with about four degrees from MIT and Yale and London School of Economics to talk about the strike zone, but he did. And you know why? Because he really means it. He not only wants the strike zone to be the first commandment for his pitchers, he wants strike zone judgment to be the inherent part of his offense. That is something he's following through with, with every single personnel move he's making. This is why I'm seeing that this guy gets it. Uh, he's he's making some moves that are very nondescript, but you can see it on base average, throwing strikes. The Rule 5 guy they took a couple of weeks ago is going to be with us for the next season here. Uh, there's a lot of this stuff uh, that is going to be, I think, extremely interesting, intriguing. But more important, uh, I think it really portends that this roster is going to be built and a sustained winner probably comes to Detroit. The young guys, the brightest guys, like Scott Harris, whether it's Andrew Friedman or Mike Elias or Theo Epstein, they tend to have great success. I think Harris really has a chance to be one of those iconic GMs in baseball. All right, so far uh, under Scott Harris, we have seen the subtraction, uh, Lynn. Yeah. Uh, Jamer Condelario, gone. The Castros, gone. Yes. Um Obviously, uh, one of the reasons we were so optimistic perhaps going into last season was the addition of Javi Baez uh, because uh, the purse strings were opened slightly. Uh, you also bring in Tucker Barnhart, a, a catcher with tremendous credentials. If you're a person listening to this chat right now, hemming and hawing about season tickets for the <laughs> 2023 season, is it pretty much just a given that you're going to be a sub 500 ball club again. That being said, you'll be able to take in the lazy boy tour of one Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> yeah, 
There's really no enticement in my estimation to Cabrera coming back. And in fact, I thought he really should fall on the sword at the end of the year and say, enough is enough. I'm going to be 40 in April. I've, I have a five something OPS over the last six months of the season. There's really no way that I can realistically contribute. Let me take my buyout pay from the Tigers, which is his 2023 salary in March off to the sunset. The Tigers have allowed him to make that call. I don't think it's going to be long-term, Stephen Jamie. I think by the end of spring training, he may feel good, he may feel strong, but I don't think his numbers are going to be very good. And by Memorial Day, it's possible a guy like Cabrera and even a guy like Jonathan Scope uh, will be gone with their contracts, not an issue. And so, Steve, that's where I think, back to your original question there, is there going to be any reason to renew? I think it's going to come from other reasons. I think it's because of this Parker Malloy that they just got in a trade for Joe Jimenez. I think it's because Spencer Torkelson is going to be Spencer Torkelson alongside Riley Green. I believe you're going to see some really incredibly good pitching from some of those youngsters. And here and there, you're going to have a few people emerge that's going to make this team probably contrary to last year when people had great expectations that led to catastrophe. I suppose they have semi-catastrophic forecasts for next year. I think the team actually could surprise on the plus side because you're not going to have the range of black cat bad luck that they had last year. And you've got some people and youth that are emerging. Do you think that AJ Hinch will, will have a big role in like who comes on and when they come up from the minors and things like that? Cause he talked about how he wants to be involved. Oh yeah, Jamie. He, in fact, <laughs> I think we could talk another hour on this show about uh, AJ and Alavila and AJ and Scott Harris, um, because one of the things that's usually overlooked in the relationship between GMs and coaches is how much at each other's throats they often are through the year, even when they're winning. It's not really all of that uh, compatible kumbaya stuff. And I definitely know that was a case with Hinch and with Avila, uh, particularly at the end. Uh, I want to see how he and Harris do. And I think uh, Harris wants to see how AJ does too. This is a two-way street on these deals. And so keep your eye on that, Jamie. That, that's a great question because I think the GM managerial tandem is nothing that can always be assumed to be harmonious. And uh, we'll see how that plays out. Scott Harris is going to have a lot of surprises in store for us. And one of them may be his disposition toward managers. Right now, I think they're both solid. I think they're locks for 2023. But keep an eye on that. And relative to your question, this is where it gets interesting too, Jamie, is because let's say Colt Keith is hitting up a storm, their best prospect. Does Scott Harris want to bring him up next year? Does A.J. Hinch want to bring him up next year? Probably the latter, yes. Probably the former, no, because he's going to want to preserve that year of service time before they hit free agency. These are the kinds of backdrop dramas I think you need to keep an eye on next year. They seem to be a couple of harmonious individuals, though. Lynn? Yeah. Yeah. I would oh, think, absolutely. Yeah, a couple of good baseball guys. I think they'd be able to get along out, right? Oh, yeah, 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 Steve. I don't mean to imply otherwise. 
but my, my point is only during the crux of a season is when the, the human right. imperfections tend to surface and, and, you know, people are going to be people. No, no, no. I, I don't mean to paint any kind of a script here. I think they're going to be absolutely in cohesion. And if they win some ball games, uh, that's going to be a, a very happy relationship. If it doesn't, then, of course, things get tense and we've seen that play out forever. But no, no, I think right now to, to steer that um, speculation aside, no, no, they're, they're definitely uh, absolutely simpatico. And uh, that's going to be a good, strong relationship, certainly going into the spring. All right, Lynn Henning, my friend, always thank you so much for the conversation. Much appreciated, sir. You bet, Steve. Good talking with you too, Jamie, when you're not on mute. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, okay. Happy holidays to you and yours, my friend. You too, Steve. All right. The great Lynn Henning with us here on 760 WJR. Obviously, Lynn retired, longtime reporter for the Detroit News, doing some freelance stuff and uh, always nice chatting it up with Mr. Lynn Henning. All right. The Monday Night Football preview coming up. My partner, once again, on a one-week winning streak. <laughs> Watch out. See if it continues. Leave it here on 760 WJR. Well, I know for a fact that when the NFL schedule makers came out with tonight's Monday Night Tilt, they're thinking, boy, this is going to be must-see TV. The defending Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams going on the road to Lambeau Field to uh, take on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But here's the deal. The 4-9 uh, and nine Rams will be eliminated from playoff contention with a loss. The 5-8 and eight Packers, meanwhile, have a little more hope of making the postseason. According to ESPN Analytics, the Packers enter Week 15 with an 8% chance of making the playoffs. Their chances are projected to increase to 10% with a win and fall to 0.6% with a loss. But, Jamie, we know this. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champs are completely gutted. It, there's just nothing for them to play for whatsoever, unless you're the quarterback who's excited to have a job. Now, uh, we here in Detroit, obviously, uh, got a little stake in the action via the Matthew Stafford trade. So uh, it'd be nice uh, for the Rams to lose. However, you would like the Rams to win – to uh, further eliminate Green Bay from postseason contention. I I think it's more important for that pick to be as good as it can get. Go Packers. <laughs> All right, now let's take a look at what's going on with uh, those in the know. Uh, well, the uh, pack favored by seven and a half. Seven and a half. How's that hitting you? I feel like it's too many points. That's always my inclination. All right. So, so I, does that mean you're going to take the Rams and the seven and a half? Well, give me a second. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> uh, what do you, you do? pick, Steve? That's yeah, not the, that's not the gentlemanly thing to do. But she, yeah, no, I the asked. Yeah, she asked. What do you think? I just uh, think the Rams are in trouble. Uh, I don't know what Aaron Donald's status is. I know he missed last week. Uh, Baker Mayfield, look, had the game of his NFL career. 
uh, bringing the Rams back for that win against the Raiders last week. Uh, can he duplicate it? I think, uh, you know, playing at Lambeau, uh, at the very least, this Packers defense is going to be fired up prime time. Uh, I will I will take the pack and lay the seven and a half. Wow. Okay. I'm fine with that. All right. Did you forget the Packers stink, Steve? I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely aware. You don't okay, get to, I'm just making sure. You don't get to five and eight by accident, there, my friend. <laughs> but what are you talking about the Rams? Isn't this the most abysmal follow-up season to a Super Bowl we've ever seen oh. in NFL history? Oh my gosh, no doubt, but win? at least they have an excuse. The Packers just stink. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, 2,864 yards to go along with, uh, 22 touchdowns. Let's, uh, bring up some other numbers here. He claims he wants to, you know, play until they don't have a chance or whatever. He just seems like a guy who doesn't want to play to me. No, because as I've said before, if Aaron Rodgers had it his way, he'd be hosting Jeopardy right now. He made that rather clear. Uh, what his interest in, you know, playing in the NFL moving forward? I don't know. I will say this, though. I think the chances of him finishing his career in Green Bay, I think it's bleak. And to his credit, and I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers guy, because as I've said before, I think he is a huge me, me, me guy. And that irritates the living you know what out of me. Uh, but the management in Green Bay have really never, especially over the last two or three years, provided him with, I think, the tools necessary for him to continue his success. No, and the downfall started when they drafted Love. Well, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers, again, why would that bother you? You've been in the league a 1,000 years, so your franchise drafts a quarterback, not necessarily to replace you immediately, but you're not going to be around forever. And uh, he got... Because he wanted weapons that year. Well, he... Uh, I'm not backing him up. I'm just saying. No, but he uh, got an attitude and uh, it was uh, stupid. By the way, Sammy Watkins, uh, he was released, by the way. So there's another wide receiver. Gone. So, I don't know. No weapon for Monday Night Football. I like the pick. Well, we'll see how it all pans out. Did I say that I'm taking the pack and laying the seven and a half? Yes, you did. All right. Well, you clearly, if I can just read between the lines, you clearly think Baker Mayfield has got a another nice performance in him tonight, don't you? Well, they may not win. I just don't think they can. The Packers can win by eight. The over under is only thirty nine. I don't think anybody's going to be lighting up the scoreboard. Which way are you going there, Mister Degenerate? Under. <laughs> I'm with Jamie. I think. Seven and a half is a lot of points in this game because I don't think the Packers are good. All right. Um, I, uh, do you want to do a side six-pack? Yeah, we can do a side six-pack. Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm going to be kind of thirsty during the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right, Jane. Uh, have fun with the fam there in Pittsburgh. Thank you so much. Olivia says hello. And uh, our best back to Miss Olivia and the fam. Uh, Blaker, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, Steve. See you soon. Uh, Wednesday, part of the album show. Uh, and as always, thank you very much for listening to the sports book here on 760 WJR.